Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday. It's our fifth podcast in a row. A lot of podcasts this week following USC's loss to Alabama, but we've moved on. We want to talk about the next game up, uh, the home opener in the Coliseum against the Utah State uh, Aggies. So we're going to do all that today. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, also from the Scout Network, from ustateaggies.com, uh, Isaac Draxler. Uh, follow him on Twitter at AggieUp. Uh, if I hope I pronounce your last name right, Isaac. Thanks for coming on the show. How you doing, man? Yeah, good. Hopefully, we don't uh, have as many technical difficulties as when I had you on my podcast. <laughs> but, uh, that would be good. We're keeping this one simpler. So far, we're, so good. Yeah, we're keeping this one simpler. We're just having just you and me. So we, I know you yep. guys had a whole bunch of other people on and stuff. And I was coming back from practice. It was just kind of a crazy, yep, crazy time. Um, well, hey, so so we want to do. We've had a bunch of shows this week. Uh, a lot of digesting the USC's loss to Alabama, but we like wanted to shift gears, like I said, and talk about uh, the upcoming game with Utah State. I think some USC fans, to be honest, kind of overlooking this game. Certainly as poorly as USC played, there's no game on the schedule you could overlook, and Utah State uh, is, is a good team. We've, you know, it's, yeah, they played USC a couple of years ago, 17 to 14. They beat some good teams. Uh, Matt Wells is a coach. His name comes up for big jobs. Uh, this is not going to be some kind of pushover game. So we thought it'd be good to, to have you on, Isaac, to kind of give us a, a little breakdown of, of of Utah State. Maybe we can start with, uh, you know, FCS opponent to start, but did you learn anything about this team uh, beating Weber State last week? Yeah, I mean, I think this season there were a lot of uh, question marks coming into the season, and there was a lot of uh, optimism as well because last year was kind of a weird season with a lot of talent. On the, the top end, you know, a couple draft picks and, and some NFL talent on the team, but it was kind of a weird feel, kind of a weird season. And, um, you know, coaches left and obviously players graduated and different things. So there were a lot of question marks coming into the season. Some question, some of those question marks are not going to get answered by playing Weber State in week one. They're just not. But I think there was there were some positive signs and there were some uh, I guess reasons to to continue to worry um, because some of the some of the question marks coming into the season were uh, were offensive line um, just in general a new offensive line coach came in I don't know if you're familiar with Coach Weber who's now at Weber and he's bounced around he was even at USC I think for a time or UCLA one or the other. So he's been around a long time, coached at BYU in the past and, and everything, but he had some pretty uh, pretty average results in general on his offensive lines over, over the years. So um, so I think that question was was pretty well answered. I think they've got uh, some, some offensive linemen. Obviously, Devontae Mays uh, played really well. They just ran all over Weber State and didn't have to throw the ball. So that, you know, the receiver question marks and the linebacker question marks, uh, they weren't answered in that game really because um, they didn't necessarily have to be answered or they, you know, it's hard, it's hard to tell against Weber State. 
Um, but against we, uh, USC, that's going to be one of the things that, that obviously we'll be watching and, and analyzing and, and stressing over is, is how those wide receivers and how those linebackers can, can match up against a team like USC. All right, we have uh, Isaac Draxler from ustateaggies.com doing a preview. So we're doing a preview of the USC-Utah State game this weekend, 11 a.m. on the Pac-12 uh, networks, which I can actually get now. It's funny. I got it. Like I have an office in in my home. Uh, Isaac, I don't know if you get the Pac-12 network, yeah. but we get. I have uh, Frontier Verizon. It was it used to be Verizon FiOS. It's Frontier now, and they just added it. Uh, I, don't, I can't get it in the guide yet, but I can actually watch the channels. And then I also have like Slingbox, like Sling TV, in my office, and they just added that today. So it was like, as of like two days ago, I couldn't watch Pac-12 Networks. Now I can watch it in my home in my office. So. Kind of cool. Two options. Yeah, a couple <laughs> options there. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I, mean, I, I was bag on the Pac-12 network because I could never watch it. But um, yeah, here it's it's on Comcast, it's on Xfinity, um, it's on uh, Dish Network, I guess, but not Directv. So that's kind of everywhere. Directv, you can't get it. So that's that's the big problem right now, I think. So. Yeah, the, the Sling TV is pretty cool. Like I just get it in my office because it's like twenty bucks a month or something, or it might be twenty five because I get the sports package, but. I came in the, today, turned it on, and like, oh, there's Pac-12 Networks. Now, I don't get the national one. You only get the, the six regional ones, so I, that's kind of weird. Like, there's probably going to be something that you won't be able to get, but... Um, I, I still don't understand how that works. I yeah. mean, I've had Pac-12 Network, and I watch it online sometimes because, um, you know, it's just weird how, how sometimes on the TV you can only get certain ones, and online you can get all of them or whatever. I I really don't get it. I have no clue what they put on where and, and why. It's yeah. the weirdest thing to me, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, But, yeah, so the, uh, usually USC fans all hit me with lots of emails when they have to play on the Pac-12 network because they can't get it. And I put up uh, something on our site that shows, like, bars and restaurants from across the country that, that carry it. Um, so you can check that out on uscfootball.com. But before we jump in more, I just wanted to, uh, we have a new sponsor for the Peristyle podcast, uh, mybookie.net. So check it out. I actually got to play this morning. If you heard our show yesterday, I gave you a little preview of it. Um, there's a promo code Trojans you can use, uh, but it's for football season and you can get in the action and bet and it's fun and it's all free. So it's, uh, I, I signed up today this morning. And uh, put the promo code Trojans in there, and you get five hundred free dollars of uh, play money. And I went in and put some bets in. Uh, maybe we'll get Isaac's thoughts of, of the the betting line for this game because I think the USC game was a 16, 16 and a half point spread in that game, which seems a little high for me. Uh, but I'll talk to you guys about that a little bit later on. But um, that's mybookie.net, so I'll, I'll give you some more details on that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Isaac, dude, maybe we'll start with that sixteen and a half yeah. point spread. USC just got thumped by forty six points. I don't know. That just seemed pretty high to me. Yeah, if I if I know anything about spreads, which I'm not a gambler or any or an expert by any means, but um, you know, I think I don't I don't think there's going to be a lot of Utah State fans that are saying, "Oh yeah, Utah State can keep it within two touchdowns," so I'm going to go bet on Utah State. Well, it may end up being a 14 point game, but Utah State could lose by 17 or or 21, you know, by three touchdowns. So. I don't know if that's smart money to put put money on Utah State, but um, but like you say, I mean Utah, you Utah State's not a bad team. I think this year they're going to be a solid team, and I think USC obviously showed that they have some weaknesses, and and maybe we'll get into it, or maybe you'll break the news to me. You you know more than I do, but it seems like there's some 
some guys out, some injuries, and, and things going on that um, that may have an effect on the game. So it, I guess maybe you want to wait until the last second to kind of see how how all that works out. So yeah, know. yeah, no, I mean, I mean, USC does have some injuries. Like Noah Jefferson's questionable. The you know he was probably the second best defensive lineman behind Utah's Stevie uh, Stevie Tuikolovatu, who was mm-hmm. a stud in that game for USC. I mean. Um, and you know, Toa Lobendon hasn't practiced this week. He's a starting center. Uh, certainly some, you know, potential issues for USC on the injury front, but just in general, and we talked about this on your podcast, I think USC could go a couple different directions after getting blown out by Alabama. The problem is that I think it's not one of those teams where you play Utah State. If you play really well, you have more talent. You should be able to, to beat that team, but. This is not a bad, I mean, it's a, a good team, uh, dynamic quarterback. Uh, you know, there's definitely some, some replace, you know, some talent that went to the NFL that was replaced from last year. But I, to me, if I'm a Utah State fan, you're, you're, you're salivating. This is a chance here that USC could be reeling coming off the loss to Alabama and you could make a statement in the Coliseum early kickoff. I mean, I think there's some stuff going Utah State way that USC can't take this lightly. They have to play well. Or it could be a disastrous result for them. Yeah, I think either early USC is going to come out like crazy and and play really well in the beginning, or be really fired up. And Utah State's going to have to weather that storm, whether it's a, a you know a pick or a, a big time sack or a fumble or a turnover of some sort. Um, I think special teams are going to be huge in the game. So I mean, I think they they do have to to play really well in the beginning, or there is a possibility that USC comes out a little flat and USC, uh, USC, Utah state can jump on USC a little bit in the beginning and, and maybe even get a lead or, or, you know, get out to a good start. And and obviously that, that would be huge in the game as well. So I don't know what to expect from USC. And I think that's why I, I kind of go back and forth, optimistic, not optimistic. Is it going to be a good game? Is it going to be a bad game? If Utah State plays their best game against USC's best game, what what would happen? You know, all, we go all go back and forth and go through all these scenarios, and and none of us know what's what, what's going to happen. That's the, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, that's why we love college football. And I think so. And I think we might have talked about this in your podcast too. I think USC when they win, like they you know they beat Utah pretty badly last year. They beat UCLA pretty badly. It's when they start well. It's just like if their game plan works. This, then USC can, you know, they can roll along and win. If it doesn't work in the beginning, it's just, we haven't seen the last few years, this USC team be able to kind of bounce back and figure something else out. It's like if the initial game plan doesn't work, it's trouble. So to your point, if Utah State comes out and plays well, like they played well the first, the beginning of the game against Alabama and then it just, everything kind of fell apart. Um, if Utah State comes out and punches them in the mouth and gets a seven three lead or something like that, we haven't seen this USC team be able to like bounce back and fight through adversity. So that's another question, especially you got a new coaching staff. Um, so watch that first quarter. Uh, you know, I think both teams have, there's a wide range where they could play. You're not really sure it's an 11 a.m. game, but if, if the Aggies come out and they're playing well and the Trojans aren't, we haven't seen the Trojans be able to bounce back from something like that. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion, that's a sign of, of good coaching. Um, you know, Utah State's had some good, good assistant coaches in the past with Dave Aranda and Todd Orlando. And those guys, it seemed like they just came out in the second half and they solved 
whatever was was giving them problems in the first half and they switched it up or or you know they just brought the perfect game plan into the second half not always in the in the first half obviously things happen you know the other coach is game planning too so you got it's a chess match you got to make those adjustments so um you know my my big uh i guess problem with the uh with these big games in the past and especially the the game last year and maybe even a little bit a couple years ago at Tennessee you know Utah State came out and they they played their game plan and they had a plan I'm sure and everything but they kind of just were pretty conservative you know it wasn't like the the Boise State game plans of the Fiesta Bowls and that kind of thing where they were throwing out trick plays and, and caution to the wind you know going all out it was kind of conservative, so I don't know uh, whether to expect that this year or or not. Um, and I think that that early part of the game will show that as well. Um, I would assume and kind of see what what the game plan is, what what will happen. So yeah, we're uh, we're anxious anxiously awaiting to see what's going to happen in this one. So let's um, let's kind of break down the you know offense, defense, special teams. We can start with the offense and. Um, it seems like Chucky Keaton was there for a long time. Uh, just so much promise and he was so exciting to watch. Like when I was covering Fresno State, I got to check him out some and, uh, you know, you know, USC, uh, you know, they played in the Coliseum a few years back. Um, you know, came back last year, but wasn't there for the whole season. Maybe you kind of give people, but Myers was, looked like he was really good and the offense was probably better when he was in there anyway. But maybe kind of talk about the quarterback situation first. Yeah, the quarterback situation. I think everybody looks back at Chucky and they want to remember the the Auburn Chucky is a brand new true freshman in his first game. You know, played really well. He was he even had you know he was he had two two good wheels against USC the last time they played. So that was that was a pretty memorable game. Although USC's defensive line was so solid that year that it was tough to run run against that team. Um, so. I think everybody's excited to move on because of last year. Like I said, it was a weird year because Chucky got his fifth year, but he didn't come back 100% by any means. And when Kent Myers was in there, um, and even go back two years when, when Chucky went out, Daryl Garrettson, who's now at Oregon State, came in and beat BYU um, and went on to you know have a pretty successful season. So um, so Kent Myers is, uh, is a little bit... Um, undersized he's kind of a short uh quarterback maybe a little bit he's pretty athletic uh quarterback as well he can make plays on, in the running game they'll play some um they'll have they'll have some draws and they'll have some read option plays in the playbook um what i like about kent myers especially you know is that he was thrown into the starting lineup as a true freshman so what he could do as a true freshman and still today is he can run a little bit, but the most impressive thing is he has a good deep ball. So he could throw the, the deep ball and, and he had Hunter Sharp, who was a, a good wide receiver catching those, those deep passes as long as he kept it in the, in the field. Hunter Sharp would usually go up and get those. Um, so that's, that's really what, uh, what was successful last year. Um, with a couple graduations, it'll be interesting to see who that deep threat is this year or how much they'll try to go to that deep threat because um it's tough to to go deep on a guy like a dory jackson who is going to have as much speed or or more than than anybody he's going to be able to stay with with most receivers 
And uh, and on the other side, we'll see if they can take advantage of that. But um, so the quarterback position is is solid though. It's it's a really good feeling to have Kent Myers and know that he's the starter and know who that he's. I'm sure for him, it's nice to know he's the guy. He's not halfway between redshirting and playing wide receiver and being behind Chucky and not knowing if he was going to play week to week and that kind of thing. So it's it'll be a, a good year for him, I think. Now, uh, around him, uh, you talked a little bit about trying to replace uh, the deep threat. Uh, there was some turnover on the offensive line. There's always been – just always seems to be really good running backs uh, coming out of Utah State. Maybe talk about the, the kind of players around uh, Myers, what he has to work with. Yeah, the the running back situation is is uh is comparable to a couple years ago, 2012, I guess, when Robert Turbin was was there, Kerwin Williams was there, um and um Michael Smith. So the, all three go, three of those guys, uh, Michael Smith got got injured and he's not in the NFL anymore, but Kerwin Williams and and Robert Turbin are still in the NFL. So they've still got they've got kind of the thunder and lightning and the the solid uh, running backs to, to kind of plug in there and, and work through. But Devontae Mays is definitely the, uh, the workhorse, the big guy that can, can carry the load against, um, you know, he had 200 plus yards against Weber State and averaged about 19 yards per carry. So he was just unstoppable against Weber State. And if he can continue that, he's just a, a guy that's a complete freak. I mean, the amount of, of weight that he can bench press and, and, uh, and squat and everything like that is is off the charts. It's uh, it's really impressive. So it's just a matter of putting that into into play. But but I think the um, the offensive line, if they can can do well against USC, obviously Devonte Mays. There's a stat. Uh, I don't know how much you're you're into kind of advanced stats or whatever. But but there's a stat for everything, obviously. So yeah. <laughs> yards yards after uh, after contact last year he was number one in the nation so he's a guy that's not going to go down at, uh, on first contact you know obviously USC is going to have to get multiple guys swarming to the ball to to bring him down because he's he's a load to to bring down um, the wide receivers I mean it's it's hard to to even you know, point to to a certain guy other than maybe the the surprise is Ray Lewis's son, Rayshad Lewis. He's a guy, a true freshman out of Florida, that has uh, has really impressed so far. He only had a couple catches, um, but they they went to him as much or well more than any other receiver last game um, in the limited limited throwing, and and there was quite a bit of wind in the stadium and that kind of thing. So that. That contributed to the uh, the ground and pound uh, game plan, but they went to him quite a bit. So they're gonna they're gonna count on that the true freshman. He's a little bit undersized, probably five nine, you know, five ten, and uh, kind of more of a slot receiver. But they'll they'll play him play him all over, and uh, and and hope he can make make some plays. I think I think they'll they'll focus more on uh, more than the short passes and screens and and obviously the running game. Than they will the deep passes, but but the thing is, if they mix it up, then then those opportunities to to hit one over the top is going to be there because you know we saw against Alabama, you know those those that secondary made some mistakes and and they weren't expecting a couple deep passes when Alabama was able to to do it. So, um, all right, well that's the offensive side of the football. It'll be fun to watch. I think I thought the USC defense played pretty well despite giving up 52 points. They didn't yeah. give up all those points, but 
it was definitely a more aggressive uh, attacking style of defense. So I'll, it'll, I'm gonna I'm curious to see what they look like this weekend uh, against the Aggies and offensively. Uh, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball for for Utah State, a lot of turnover in the linebacking core. But you, you mentioned guys like Dave Aranda was, was that you know was an Aggie before. That was someone that USC fans thought they could go after as a defensive coordinator last year. Um, you know, he was at Wisconsin. They got to see him in the bowl game and what he was able to do to the USC offense. Maybe kind of give people a preview of what to expect from Utah State on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, so yeah, kind of like, um, you know, I've, I've followed Clancy Pendergast for quite a while and, and I, I used to live in Phoenix and, and that kind of thing. So he was with the Arizona Cardinals and, um, I think just like Pendergast, he really wants to get pressure on the quarterback. I think, um, last year Utah State kind of, um, tried to play a little bit too vanilla on defense. I think they tried to kind of sit back and, and uh, and maybe expected um, Kyler Fackrell to make make plays one on one instead of you know some some different blitzes and different things. So on defense, they're going to play three four um, at Utah State. That's I don't see that changing for for a long time. But um, but with their linebacker situation, they've got a couple guys that are uh, that are seniors. Um, that are solid players, and then they've got some young guys that have quite a bit of potential. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how they kind of rotate through the, those guys. Um, you know, obviously some sometimes they're gonna have three linebackers on the field and in nickel and different things like that. But um, but in my opinion, that's the weakness of the uh, the defense. Those middle linebackers. Um, you know, against Weber State, even they were getting. Um, you know, Weber State was getting some some passes completed. You know, through the tight, you know, their tight end and and uh, some some pretty successful plays over the middle where those linebackers should have been, um, but they were kind of a step slow. So um, there are different guys that they can kind of rotate instead of 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 the other guys, but it's kind of a trade off because some linebackers are better against the run, some are against better against the pass, and some are bigger, some are smaller. So it'll, um, some are experienced, some are inexperienced. So, um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how they rotate those guys through. They've got a really, um, experienced secondary though. They've got experienced guys at cornerback, um, a guy that, um, uh, you know, from San Diego, from Southern California that, that should probably, um, you know, be jacked up to play against a team like USC um, at one of the corners and then, um, in Jalen Davis and then Danny Gray, Daniel Gray, he's on the other side, kind of rotate with a guy named Wesley Bailey, who's a bigger corner. So, um, Jalen Davis, kind of a smaller corner. So it'll be interesting to see if he matches up with Juju Smith Schuster, you know, kind of how that works out. Um, and then in the safety position, you know, the Aggies are really experienced with a guy that transferred, um, from BYU named Dallin Levitt, and he had a pick last week. Um, he's a guy that's kind of the leader of the, the defense, even sitting out last year. He was always the rah-rah guy, always the guy on the sideline trying to pump people up and in practice just running a million miles an hour and, and everything. So I think everybody's really excited for Dallin Levitt to uh, to actually be able to play. And, um, 
and get everybody in, in the right positions and and uh, make some plays in the uh, in the secondary. So that's about it. All right, we're talking with Isaac Draxler, the publisher of UStateAggies.com, um, previewing USC versus Utah. And like I told, I just want to um, touch on this uh, our sponsor for the segment. Then we're going to finish up with special teams and, and kind of our outlook for this game. Uh, but mybookie.net they actually approached me uh, recently, and I hadn't tried them out before. So it's pretty cool. You get these uh, live Vegas odds, so real Vegas odds, and it's a free thing. So I'm not a big, I'm not going to be out spending money uh, betting on stuff, but it's kind of cool. You can do it for free with play money. So just go to mybookie.net and sign up. Use the promo code Trojans. You just put your, you don't put a credit card or anything. You just put your email address and stuff, and uh, they'll send you an email, and you just verify your email address works, and then you get in there. And so they'll give you like $500 of the play money. And I put in, I think I put in like $300 in bets on a few different Pac-12 games. So I'm going to try to follow my progress throughout the season. If I can keep my bankroll that long and check it out, but you can go to mybookie.net or call them at 844-722-2387. So they're, they're helping us out here on the Peristyle podcast. Definitely go check it out. You put in the promo code Trojans and you'll be, uh, there's a drawing for, there's about a million dollars in prizes. And you'll be in that drawing and stuff. But it's free. You don't have to pay anything. Check it out. If you do well, let me know if you win some money. I haven't done any parlays yet. I'm just doing kind of straight bets. But check it out, mybookie.net. Um, they're nice enough to sponsor us here on the Peristyle Podcast. And uh, I'd love to see you You know, get an account there and check it out. Um, yeah, hopefully you last more than a week, right? More I got, than two wait, weeks. That's why I'm only betting 300 this week. Well, two weeks. <laughs> hopefully you make more than two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I figure we're going to bet three times, and then if I hopefully win two out of three, that'd be good. But I don't know. We'll see. It's tough. I mean, betting against the line, there's a yeah. reason why it's hard. That's the reason why Vegas is there. But I love going to Vegas, so it's fun. Um, all right, uh, Isaac. So on the special team side, uh, USC had to replace a punter, had to replace a kicker. Uh, had to replace a holder. Actually hit a couple field goals in the game. Was pretty good. They had one kickoff out of bounds. Couple good punts. Couple not so good punts. Couple penalties. Bad penalties on special teams. A dropped punt from right. an Australian punter who didn't really know that he shouldn't just fall on the ball. He should try to get up and kick it somewhere. That led to an Alabama touchdown. So there's some up and downs with the uh, USC special teams. What can uh, what can we expect to see from the Aggies on the special team side? Um, so they've got everybody back, um, other than their long snapper and, and their long snapper was really, really a solid, you know, guy that, that really never made, made much, uh, you know, made any, any uh, mistakes. Yeah. You never so, want to hear um, about the long snapper. If you hear about the long snapper, it's usually bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You didn't hear about him, which was, was a great thing last year. Um, one of the, uh, one of the bright spots of the, of the year last year, but, um, the kickers on the other hand. There's two seniors, um, and one guy, one of the guys, Thompson, is more of a, a kickoff specialist. According to the depth chart, he he isn't the long the long field goal specialist or, or anything this year. He's just a kickoff specialist. Uh, last year, he missed a few long long field goals. Uh, Brock Warren, who was the kicker last year for the extra points and everything, uh, towards the end of the year, it kind of just fell apart. Um, and it, and it was a combination of, of probably his mental, mental state and the, uh, the, the special teams unit in, in general. Um, you know, there was, you know, different things happened, obviously, you know, with a, with a block kick, it's, it's not always just the kicker's fault, but, um, but a few things happened. He missed a few, few kicks that he should have made. 
and uh, and he missed a game winner against New Mexico that that uh, turned out to be huge um, throughout the you know later in the season. I think if he would have made that, that would have um, you know turned the season around a little bit. Um, even though the season was going pretty darn well at that point, so. So that was that was kind of a bad loss against New Mexico, but anyway, that kind of affected him probably mentally, and and he was kind of downhill from there. So um, it's the same guy though; they're giving him a, a chance. He's looked good in practice, and and so far so good in the first game of the season. Um, so that's one of my keys to the game is is if if Utah State can play well on special teams. I don't know if you remember the the horrible punt a couple of years ago that was shanked. Um, you know, it probably ended up being a, under a 20-yard punt that uh, that gave USC the ball probably at the 40 or whatever um, when the Aggies were backed up pretty good. Um, that was a huge turning point of the game, and so they can't afford they can't afford to to have something like that happen if they're gonna fake a punt or or field goal or something like that. They've gotta they've gotta cash in on that and and not mess it up. So. That that'll be huge. Um, there's a couple guys that are pretty dynamic uh, returners, um, although um, you know Andrew Rodriguez, he isn't always the guy back there. They kind of rotate through guys, and Jalen Davis, who's the starting cornerback, they don't want to wear him out, so they they usually go with Andrew Rodriguez, who's a, a wide receiver um, on the punt returns and. Um, I don't expect to have too many big plays. The Aggies used to have JoJo Natson that every time you touch the ball, um, you're expecting something exciting to happen. It's not quite that way this year, but uh, but they have the potential to put somebody else back there in Jalen or or Rashad Lewis or somebody that that maybe could could make a, a big play. So they need they need something to, to happen good for them in the special teams um, category to to win the game. In my opinion, I just It'll be interesting to see where that comes from, or if it doesn't. Obviously, we'll see. I mean, it's a third of the game. It could be such a huge yeah. factor. And that game was so close a few years ago, like you said. Mm-hmm. One really bad special teams play, and things can just kind of get out of hand. I mean, you fight tooth and nail to get first downs or to 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 get a big defensive stop on third and short or something, and some weird wacky play bad play mental mistake on special teams and it's six points the other way um in a close game i mean you know like when usc played alabama it didn't matter as much they were already down by three scores or whatever but in a game that you know a lot of people think will be close uh that could be a huge play yeah i mean a couple years ago 17 14 you ask any aggie fan about that game about the the last time they went to the coliseum they're gonna say yeah that darn punt and that darn penalty and that, you know, there's three three plays, and they're not all special teams, but obviously, you know, one of the, the three is a major special teams, um, you know, problem. And, and really, I think, that they might, I think they even missed a field goal. So, yeah, two out of the three um, are, you know, special teams. So um, if, if we want to look a couple of years ago, that absolutely will show us how much special teams is going to uh, play a part in this game. So. Well, I, I, when, when I do shows, people are like, well, what's your prediction? I'm not like, I'm not really good at those. It's not really like what I'm into. I don't know if you have one, or if you want to share it or just what you kind of think, how you think this game is going to kind of play out. Yeah. I don't, I don't like score predictions either. I mean, I think, um, because I'm, I'm kind of expecting, um, 
you know, a pretty pretty low scoring game, all all things considered. So that's why it's going to be so important. Like like we already mentioned that you know the start of the game, those special teams plays, and and maybe those that turnover battle. I'm always going to going to point to um, the turnover battle and and some big plays because um, those are the obvious answer answers as far as what's going to make the difference in the game. Um, you know, there's a reason why Utah State is is a 16 point underdog. They're going to have to make that up somehow, whether it's, um, you know, getting those turnovers or special teams of some sort um, or some trick player or, you know, a big play. Um, so I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, I'm almost, you know, like I said, I, I feel like I'm, you know, flip-flopping, going back and forth. I One second I'm expecting really good things, and then the next second I'm, I'm uh, not sure what what's going to happen. So... Uh, I might sound flaky or wishy-washy, but um, I really don't know what to expect. I, I think, you know, it definitely could be a. I'm expecting USC to make more big, more of those big plays than Utah State because I haven't seen it from from the wide receivers. I guess that's the that's the easy answer, and and, and I think absolutely they uh, USC should win by a couple touchdowns if they play well. But as we know, anything anything can happen. So. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page. I kind of think USC will win, but I don't, I kind of feel it's going to be closer. Um, you know, the, the 16 and a half just seems like a lot to me, considering USC hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year. Um, they were in the red zone for one play against Alabama. Now, Alabama's defense is a, you know, freakazoids and all NFL players and stuff, but still, there's some, I think there's some issues with this USC offense where it's just not, there's some throwaway plays. There's some negative plays that they, there's self-inflicted wounds. And I think you have a well-coached team like Utah State. You're going to be able to take advantage of some of that. So when you said early on, I think it'll be a low scoring game. I, I kind of tend to agree with you. So, um, I'll, I'll probably pick USC in this one, but it, you know, I think it'll be closer than the spread. So, you know, Utah State plus 16 and a half, I would be on that side of it if you have to take one. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, USC's got a lot of four and five star guys. They're certainly capable of coming out and just blitzkrieging somebody. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't see that happening. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. That's why, that's why we love college football, Isaac. It's, it's just, we yeah. gotta wait and see what happens. Yeah. I, I don't expect, I mean, may, I, like I say, I could absolutely be wrong, but I don't see that, that big, you know, breakout, uh, offense potential as, as much as I see the defense maybe. You know, making into a defensive battle on both sides. So, um, but you know, like you say, I mean, they they could they could make some you know get some big plays and uh, and really really break it open. So that'll uh, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. I think yeah. everybody listening to this podcast, I'm sure will uh, will uh, will watch and see. Yeah. So. Watch it on the Pac-12 Network, which I can now get. That's right. Sling it. Or, yeah. or watch it on your Pac-12 network, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's get, you know, it's funny. They add that to Sling. I'm like one step closer to just cutting the cord, you know, like, ah, you know, I can get most of my sports for 20 bucks a month instead of like 200. Yeah, maybe I'll do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that, that's what I've, that's what I've done. And that's, that's oh, absolutely the, uh, the way, the way I think will, uh, will be the the way of the the future it's uh and it was it was fun to watch the uh 
the Weber Utah State game on Twitter. It was the first game ever on Twitter, and uh, and I thought, man, this is kind of cool because you know our ADD society, everyone wants to tweet and watch the game and do this and that and kind of do everything at the same time. Well, uh, why not just watch it right on Twitter and tweet during the game? So it's I, I, pretty fun. I, I totally wanted to see that. And I, was it wait was that one on a Sunday or was that the? It was the Thursday game. The Thursday, yeah. So I was flying. So I had a flight that day. So I didn't. I got it like towards the end, and I was like, "Oh, this one's on Twitter." And by the time I pulled it up, the game was over. But they weren't. They didn't have a replay there right away. It was only live, so they didn't. They didn't right. provide like a replay for it. Is that is that how your understanding? Yeah. So really, the only difference um, when they do it on Twitter is it's kind of like putting a YouTube message on on Twitter or or whatever. Um, it's still the same broadcast. It's still through Campus Insiders or Mountain West Network or whatever. You access it the same, or it's the same broadcast, but um, but it's just streamed right on right in Twitter. And Twitter even makes a kind of a, a homepage or a landing page that on the right side, you know, you're getting the the hashtags on the on the right side and and your feed and everything. And and uh, and on the kind of on the left side, you can watch the watch the stream of the game. So it was, okay. it was cool. I just, yeah, I wish they would have provided, there must be some contractual yeah. thing. They couldn't make a replay of it. So you could not watch it live or whatever, but that would have been, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I wanted to watch it. Cause obviously that was USC's next uh, opponent, but the, the, the replay wasn't on there. I'm sure it was on online somewhere. They probably have it. on the Mountain Yeah. West. You can, you can usually find the, uh, those replays somewhere, but, uh, but either you have to download it on your, uh, your, computer you know as an mp4 or whatever i've i've had to do that a few times but or try to find it on youtube or different things like that but um but yeah that would have been that would have been kind of cool too to to be able to replay it but but it wasn't it's not all twitter uh, twitter really doesn't have anything to do with it uh, other than uh just giving um you know giving the spot to uh to interact with it and uh, to watch it so well, Isaac, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, giving the USC fans a preview of what to expect Saturday morning <laughs> in the in the Coliseum. Yeah, I guess it's right a, and early. Yeah, it's a noon uh, Mountain start, right? But it's a uh, yeah noon noon our time, so it won't be too weird for us to uh, to start watching it at noon. But, uh, but yeah, eleven o'clock California time should be should be fun. Yeah, there. I mean, they've People. changed the Coliseum's changed because of the the Rams. So they've taken away some of the tailgating areas because they have to extend the fence. There's like NFL rules as far as how close you can line up to the stadium and stuff for security. So some people lost their tailgating areas that were right around the Coliseum. It was like these grassy areas you could just tailgate in. Now they're fenced in. Um, they get the clear bag policy now. There's new rules for tailgating on campus and uh, stricter rules. And, oh, and the game's at 11 a.m. So it's just... It's not going to be a great after getting crushed by Alabama. So I don't think it's going to be the greatest thing. They are giving away Marcus Allen bobblehead dolls to the first 50,000 fans. So there's something, but I'm, that's right. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. I'm curious to see what kind of crowd ends up showing up in this one. It's a home opener. So you expect people to come out, but there's a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth from the last game. Yeah. A lot of breakfast tailgating, I guess. So breakfast burritos or bre- we breakfast used to do burritos. some breakfast pizzas. Uh, our buddies that would tailgate that was, that was kind of fun. Uh, you know, some good stuff, but you're going to be there early. People are going to be there on campus early. So 11 a.m. 
Pac-12 Networks, uh, the Utah State Aggies, and the USC Trojans. Thanks again, Isaac, for coming on. Yep. All right. That's Isaac. Go to ustateaggies.com. Check it out if you want to know all about the Aggies, USC's next opponent on Saturday. Hope you guys enjoyed our fifth podcast of the week. I don't know if I'm going to do another one tomorrow, but heck, we might as well try to do one every day of the week. Uh, this is Ryan Abraham, publisher of uscfootball.com. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.